Thanks for joining us at our Foothills Church podcast. We exist to help people find and follow Jesus. If you're new here, we'd love to connect with you at foothills.cc. We hope you enjoy this message. Aren't you glad it's New Year? I love New Year's because New Year's is a blank slate. It's nothing but potential ahead of us, if you think about it, right? You've got 365 days of potential that God could do anything if we'll just allow him that opportunity to do in our lives. And I'm excited about it as a church, as an individual. I'm super pumped about that. But I want to start with just kind of more of a, a sobering thought, kind of a, almost kind of a, a, a depressing thought, a morbid, morbid thought, if you will. But if you knew, if you had a way of knowing that uh, a week from today that you would die, what would you do in the next six days? Like, how would you spend the next six days of your last time on earth? Would your priorities shift if you knew that than what maybe you had thought you would be doing previously? Probably so. I'm always reminded of that thought when I think of that story about the, the guy, the stockbroker, as the story goes, he, he was granted one wish from the Lord, and since he was a stockbroker, he thought, you know, if I could see a newspaper a week ahead, you know, then, then I could go ahead and invest a lot of money and make a lot of money. So he asked the Lord if he could have that ability to see the newspaper one week ahead of what was going in the future. So he sees that, and, and, he, and he's got his newspaper out there, and he's excited because he's making plans, and he's preparing, and he's looking at what stocks are going to perform, and he's going to invest and become a multimillionaire, and he's pumped about that, spends a couple hours planning his strategy, and then he kind of has, he's taking a break, so he decides to kind of look through the rest of the newspaper, and he ends up on the obituary, obituary column, and there he sees his name. You think his next six days would have been spent a little differently? Probably so. And when I hear stories like that, I, I, I can't help but think about time as being the most precious resource that we have at our disposal. I know some might push back and challenge that and say, no, money is our greatest resource. And I would challenge that and say, no, because if you waste your money, you can always get more money. But if you waste your time, it's gone forever. Today, we're starting a brand new series called Reset because it's a perfect time of the year to do it in, in New Year's because we're making a lot of different resets in our lives. We're trying to think of things we could do maybe a little better than we have in the past. And, and so we're going to be talking about some different ways over the next three or four weeks, different ways that we can kind of make some resets, some of the important areas of our lives that maybe we don't give a lot of attention to. And um, the idea of this series actually came back when we did our nine-week series in, through the book of Galatians. You might recall just a, a couple of months ago. And um, in that series, we got to that fifth chapter of Galatians, where it talks about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And I said at that time, guys, we're not going to camp out right here on the fruits of the Holy Spirit because we're going to do some uh, more teaching on that in the new year, which is now where we're at. And so we're going to focus on one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. If you're not familiar with the fruits of the Holy Spirit, these are the things that when you have Jesus living in your life, the Holy Spirit dwells inside of you. These are the things that he, he actually manufactures in our lives, these things that make a difference. And one of those fruits is this thing called self-control, which a lot of us lack. And if you think about it, it's almost um, a kind of play on words because self-control without the Holy Spirit is truly self-control. And we don't have much of that. But with the Holy Spirit inside of our lives, we have 
self-controlled that is actually literally being controlled by the spirit. So there's, there's great potential that we can make some changes that we all want to make, some resets. And one of those things is when it comes to our time. And here's what the Bible teaches when you look at, the, at, at time within the Bible, because it does speak a lot about time and how important it is. And that's basically that, that time on earth is short, but eternity is forever. That's kind of in the nutshell. That's what it teaches about time. But, but it also teaches us how we should spend our time and how we can use a little of that self-control when it comes to our time. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. I'm going to give you a kind of two ways to, uh, to use your time according to the Bible, and then one of the things to be careful about doing when it comes to our time. So if, you, if you're a note taker, and by the way, I don't say this often, but if you look on um, the YouVersion app, the Bible the Bible app, you can follow along because all of the notes are in there, all of the scripture is already there for you, but, um, but also the scripture will be on the screens. But anyways, here we go. For here's the first thing the Bible teaches about time, and that is it teaches us that we need to take time to rest. Take time to rest. And that's, that's a pretty good thought, really, if you think about it. We just came off of a, a period of time uh, from, from literally Christmas to New Year's where a lot of us got some rest, some, some well-needed rest. But the Bible teaches that rest is a good thing, that we need to take time for rest. Now, I'm not talking about being lazy because the Bible is clear about that as well. We're not to be lazy, but it also teaches that rest is a good thing. It's a, it's a very good thing for us physically, emotionally, spiritually. It's good for the soul to take some rest because most of us in the United States of America, we, we are not good at resting. We, like, we, we take it as a badge of honor when we're really, really busy. We brag about how busy we are. Man, I don't have time to sleep. I'm too busy. I'm getting things done. And we think it's really something great to, to, that people should admire us about, when in fact, that's actually not good at all. Most of us suffer from hurry sickness, and, and I've talked to you about hurry sickness before. And the definition of hurry sickness is that anytime we're trying to achieve more, accomplish more, uh, more and more in less and less time. It's like we're trying to cram more stuff into our already busy schedule. That's hurry sickness. And, and, and we do, we struggle with that. I think most of us probably relate to the character in the Alice in Wonderland. Remember that uh, Disney thing where there's the, I think he's the cat, as I recall. He, he's always in a hurry. And he says, I'm late, I'm late, I'm late for a very important date. Uh, no time to say hello, goodbye, I'm late, I'm late, I'm late. That's how I feel sometimes, do you? Then the Bible teaches that we, we have to be careful because we need to rest. So let me give you some scripture here as we move into 2022. I think this would be a good thing to really reset for most of us is, is this ability to get some rest. In Proverbs 14, verse 30, it says, a peaceful heart leads to a healthy body. And the way you get peace, a peaceful heart is sometimes just relaxing. It gives us peace. And that leads actually to good health. A lot of times people were so busy, stressed out, and we, our, our health actually suffers from it. Um, and I think when, when it comes to rest, we shouldn't apologize for the fact that we're relaxing and we're resting. I think sometimes we're almost that way. I, have you ever had somebody call you like it's like two o'clock in the morning? And, and they'll call you and they'll say, oh, did I wake you up? And I've, I'm, I'm in your temp, I, that's how I am. I'm like, no, I was just resting my eyes. You know, I, I'm, like I'm embarrassed to say I was actually sleeping. It's two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I was, I was sleeping. There's nothing, good, nothing wrong with that, right? It's almost like I have to apologize 
for, that I was actually sleeping, that I was actually resting, that I was actually relaxing a little bit, and there's no need for apology because that's a good thing. According to the legend of Aesop, remember Aesop's fable, Aesop was a, uh, was a guy who was a, you know, he got a lot done, but according to legend, that one day he stopped putting his busy schedule and he was, saw some children playing, so he jumped in and he got in the middle of their games and he was playing with the kids. And another guy walked up, kind of a more driven type A kind of guy walked up and he goes, why are you wasting your time, Aesop, playing with those children? There's just so much that needs to be done. So this legend says that Aesop basically took his bow and picked it up and unstrung his bow and laid it on the ground. And he turned to the man and says, I want you to answer the riddle about what I've just done with the bow. The guy looked and said, I have no idea what you're trying to teach me. I don't know what the riddle means. And here's what he said. He said to the man, if you keep the bow always bent, it will eventually break. But if you get it, let it go slack, it will be more fit to use when you need it. That's a good commentary on life. If you're always on the go, if you're always bent, if you're always, like the bow is always strung, it's going to eventually not be good when you need it. And that's, that's kind of a lesson I think all of us should look at. Now, one of the things that when you look at Jesus, he was a super busy guy, right? Like he was always on the go, had a lot to accomplish in a very short time to do it. And yet he always found time to rest. He modeled what we need to be doing. Think about, again, his life. He basically, what you see with Jesus is that he, he, he crammed a lot in a short period of time. He had, his earthly ministry started when he was 30 years old and it ended at his crucifixion when he was 33. Three years to, to accomplish what he needed to do. And if you remember the first words that we hear of Jesus is when he's in the temple at the age of 12 and his parents, he gets lost a little bit. He's at the temple. His parents don't know where he is. They find him and they're like, why didn't you come with us? And he said, don't you know, I must be about my father's business. So he had a mission, right? I got to be about my father's business. His last words on the cross were, it is finished. Now, Jesus was able to do whatever he needed to do in that period of time, but he was extremely busy all the time because he had a lot to do, but he was never too busy to rest. Let me give you an example of this in, uh, in uh, Mark chapter six. Then Jesus said, let's go off by our, of ourselves. He's speaking to his disciples. Let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. Now think about that. He's with his disciples, and the needs are great. I mean, there are people all over that need healing, they need miracles performed, and he's doing it. But it's a nonstop, you know, production line of people coming, and finally Jesus is like, time out. Guys, we need to just pull away, and we need to go rest. We need to relax a little bit. We don't even have time to eat. This is unhealthy. This is not a good pace. And the Bible teaches a lot about pace and rhythm, and seasons of life. And we need to listen to those cues. And, and again, God, the example that we get from God is, is incredible. In Genesis 2, 2, most of you are familiar with, with the creation story, but it says on the seventh day, after all the creation was done, on the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from all of his work. Now, I want to ask you a question. I think you already know the answer. Did, was God tired? No. He's omnipotent. God is not tired. He has all power. 
He wasn't, he didn't rest because he was tired. He rested as an example for us. And then he put into the Old Testament law, this, this Sabbath rest, which again, we're not, we're not under the law. We know that we're New Testament believers. But again, there's principles here that apply to us as New Testament believers. And one of those things is the need for rest. I think we, we, there's a kind of a, I don't know, this tension, this paradox almost, that we think that if I, if I drive harder, if I move faster, if I, if I just keep going, that I'll get more done. Can I tell you something? It's actually the opposite of that. The, the more driven you are, the more that you, you neglect rest, the less effective you actually are. You know that if, if you have uh, two pairs of shoes, that they will outlast they will last long, four times as long as one pair. Now think about that. Now, if you got one pair of shoes you wore all the time, you'd wear out, right? So you think, if I got two pairs, it would last twice as long. But no, that's not true. They last four times as long. I don't know how, the math, how that works. I just know that that's true. That two pairs of shoes will last four times as long as one pair of shoes. Some, something about not being constantly on the grind of things does wonders for us. So if you're looking at 2022 and you're thinking, okay, what is a good reset for me? What is one of those things that I need to use some self-control when it comes to? And that could be for many of us just taking some rest. Now, I know for a lot of you are going, rest? Are you mean just sitting down and doing nothing? I can't do nothing. Try it. Just give it a shot, at least for a little while. Now, you don't have to take your whole day and do that. Find, hey, let me give you another thing you can do that falls under the category of rest. Find something that you really like to do. It has nothing to do with your work. Go fishing, go shopping, do something you like and just let that kind of bring energy back into your soul. There's something good about that and there's nothing wrong with that. You don't have to apologize for it because when you take your week and you interchange a, a day or two of rest during that week, you're gonna get so much more done. You're gonna feel so much more refreshed. The people around you are gonna enjoy you so much better because you're not gonna be on edge all the time. Rest. Second thing the Bible teaches about time is that we need to take time for relationships. We need to take time for relationships. That makes sense, right? Because relationships, if you think about it, relationships take time anyways. You can't have a quality relationship without time. I mean, I, I, I know a lot of people think they can, but you can't. Here's what I've discovered about life is that you will never get caught up with all the stuff you need to do. Like this is a, a, a revelation you need to hear. You will never get caught up with everything you need to do. The biggest lie that we believe is that somehow if I keep going, that if I keep pressing on, that I'll eventually get every, all my inbox will be cleaned out. All my desk will be cleaned off. All my appointments will be done. And somehow we believe that, but they keep coming in and you can never catch up. Sometimes you need to know enough is enough and I need to quit believing that lie because a lot of people are living with regrets today because their kids have grown up and become adults while they were trying to catch them. They said, one day I'll be there. One day I'll make it to your game. One day I'll come to that, that, that thing you got, that, that school recital or whatever you're doing is one day I'll do that. But right now, just let me get finished and then we'll spend a lot of quality time together. But right now I'm just busy. And when I get caught up, we'll do those things. And they don't have time for relationships 
thinking that somehow that they will, but they don't. And it reminds me, if you ever want a, a, a gut check of reality, listen to that song, Cats in the Cradle. Remember that song? Some of you don't even know it's a long, old song. Just go YouTube it and watch it. Let me give you kind of the idea behind the song, if you don't know it, is that it's, it's a song about a boy and his dad. And, and uh, the boy wants to do stuff with his dad, but his dad's always too busy. It's like, one of these days, we're going to do that. Come on, Dad, let's go, let's go throw the ball. Yeah, we'll do that one of these days. One of these days, we'll, we'll get around to that. And of course, one of those days never comes. And then, the, and then the boy grows up, and he becomes a man. And the whole idea of the song is he said, I'm going to be like you, Dad. One day, I'll be like you, admiring his dad. And then, one, then he does grow up, and then by now, his dad's got time. And his dad said, hey, son, you got time for me? And the, dad's, and the son says, no, you know, I'm just, I'm really busy. One of these days we'll do it, Dad. And here's kind of the, kind of the part of the lyrics. It says, in the cat's in the cradle and silver spoon, little boy blue and the man in the moon. When you coming home, Dad? I don't know when, but we'll get together then. You know we'll have a good time then. Let me tell you something. There's a whole lot of people that are living that life right now, living the regrets of that because they were so driven and they did not have to make time for relationships. For some of you, that's the reset you need to make for 2022. You need to, you need to, Take time and make time for what's really important. And those are the relationships that you have in your life, the people that God has placed in your sphere of influence for you to impact and for them to impact you. Which are, Now, we're talking about, you, you know, you heard the announcement about this is the time for groups getting started and you can get involved in a group and get in community and relationships with other people. That's a great thing to do. Take the time to do it. Find some people to do life with. Because you'll never regret that. At the end of your, you know, the end of your life, you're never going to say, boy, I wish I had more time to go to work. You just said, I wish I had more time for the people in my life. Again, if, they, if you, had, you knew that you were dying in seven days, you, you, you would probably make a lot of phone calls. You would visit a lot of people. You would have a lot of conversations because you know what would be priority at that point. You would have nothing to do. Your work, you wouldn't even think about that. You'd be thinking about the people in your lives. And we need to make time for relationships. Your parents... You know, think about this. Your parents won't always be here for you to have a conversation with, to talk with. Your spouse is not always going to be probably there to hold. Make time for those relationships. That's what the Bible teaches, is that relationships are more important than tasks. But a lot of us are very tax, tax, uh, task-driven, and it gets in our way of some things. So let's look at how Jesus modeled this, okay? In Luke chapter 18, it says, one day some parents brought their little children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them. But when the disciples saw this, they scolded the parents for bothering him. Then Jesus called for the children and, and, and said to the disciples, let the children come to me. Don't stop them. Jesus was busy. He was doing meaningful things. These parents came and they go, man, if, if I could just let my kids meet this guy, it would be incredible. The disciples are like, he's way too busy for you guys. Can't you see he's doing important stuff? Jesus is like, hold on, time out. Bring those kids over here. Let me just spend a little time in relationship with these children. This is what's important at this moment. There's a principle here. This is what we need to understand, that we're not, we're not more important than Jesus. We're not busier than Jesus. We need to look at his example and see this is how we ought to live our lives. In Luke chapter 10, we're introduced, well, we already know that Jesus has these, a lot of friends, and among his friends are his, his friend Lazarus, who has two sisters, Mary and Martha, and there's gonna be a get-together 
and a little barbecue. Jesus is the guest of honor. And you've got Mary and Martha are just two totally different. They're sisters, but they're polar opposites personality-wise. You've got Martha. She's Martha Stewart. I mean, she's type A driven, gonna, you know, the house is perfect and clean and, the, the, you know, you know, fix the gourmet meal and do all these things. And this is just the way she is. Very task-oriented person. And you've got Mary, her sister, and Mary is just the opposite. Mary's just like in the moment. Mary's all about relationship. Mary's all about like, hey, let's just, that stuff will take care of itself. The dishes in the sink, we'll get those later, but right now, let's need to spend time together. You know, the, the meal, uh, that's the secondary to what we need to do. And so they're having that meal, and, and things are getting, and, and you know, Mar- Martha is like, she's had it up to here with her sister. Like, she is so frustrated because she's been slaving over that hot stove all day while Mary is just hanging out with Jesus. And, you know, it just finally gets to the point where she can't take it anymore. And she's like, Jesus, would you just tell her to come in and help me? I've been slaving all day, working my fingers to my bones, and she's done nothing but sit out there with you. Tell her to come in here and help. And here's what Jesus says. He says, there's only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. Do you see what Jesus said? He said, look, it's great. I'm, I'm sure he said, look, the meal is awesome. You outdid yourself, Martha. You are, I mean, I give you a 10 as far as the meal is concerned. But let me tell you something. There's only one thing, one thing worth being concerned about. And Mary has figured it out. It's taking time for relationships. And not just any relationship, but a relationship with her Savior. Which again, for a lot of us, those areas of our lives, family, friends, and Jesus, and not in that order, Jesus, family, and then friends. But we need to be investing into relationships. Take time, reset those relationships in 2022. Now, let me give you the last thing. And this is more of a warning, but this is what the Bible teaches. One last thing about time, which is really the most important, and that is this, that never take time for granted. Never take time for granted. I know that sometimes we do that. We, we, um, we don't really think about much. We waste a lot of time. And if I come full circle from where I was earlier, right? In the first full circle, I said, hey, it, it, I believe that time is our most precious resource. And, and I really agree when it comes to this, especially when it comes to the time we have on earth. Listen, the Bible is so clear about this, that our days are very, very brief here on earth. I mean, that's what it teaches is that you need to really be aware of this. That, and it uses a lot of analogies. It says like our life is like a, a, a fog, a vapor, a mist. It's here for a little while, and then it's gone, our time on earth. Or analogy or illustration of, of a flower. It says like our life is like a flower. It's, when it's there and it's blooming, it's, it's, it's big time. But eventually it just kind of withers away and dies, and this place never remembers it anymore. That's the kind of life, isn't it? I mean, that's the way life is. It's brief. Here's what it says in Psalm 90, verse 12. Teach us to number our days carefully so that we may develop wisdom in our hearts. 
The first part of that's the most important to me, and that is teach to us to number our days carefully. Think about the days that you have. We all have a certain amount of days allotted to us. We all have an, we're like the milk carton, you know, we've got an expiration date, every single one of us. I just don't know when it is. You don't know when yours is, but we got one. We know that. That's reality. We don't like to think about it, but it's true. And the Bible says you got to number those days. In other words, you need to, you need to live every day to the fullest because you don't, you're not promised tomorrow. Like you don't know when t- your last day is going to be. That's just the reality of, of life. And so when we look at life, we realize how brief it is. I have people all the time say, boy, I wish I had another hour or two in the day to get everything done that I need to do. No, you have 24 hours like everybody else. They're just prioritizing their lives different than you. If you can't get everything done in 24 hours, then you're doing something wrong. That's, you're you're not doing it right. Because when you're doing it right and you get your priorities right, then you're going to use those 24 hours the right way. And part of that is going to be left for rest and relaxation and sleep. But if you're burning the candle at both ends, you're not doing it right. But we need to number our days and recognize that our days on earth are brief. And it's a little discouraging at times to think about that. I know. I don't like to think about it. I mean, I look, sometimes you ever go through like old photo albums? Yeah, you go for, and look through there, there's family pictures and all that, and you go like, who's that old dude? Oh, that's me. Like, why'd that happen? Like, when did that happen? Like, it just seems like yesterday I was a child, and here I am, 39. Where, where are the years gone? <laughs> just see if you're on your toes. Okay, so, okay. But, but you know what I'm saying? Like, life goes by, and if, and if you're not careful, it's like, I just wasted my life. Eternity's coming. Eternity's forever. See, this is what the Bible teaches. Life on earth is short, It's a blip on the radar screen, but eternity is forever, like forever and ever. And I'm afraid most of us don't really think about that enough. As we move into 2022, just kind of starting the year, I think it's a great time to do a lot of resets when it comes to this. And what's really important, because just like the the guy, the the stockbroker, you don't know when the next, you know, when your days are coming to an end. I don't know. I just need to be prepared. And, and the problem is, for most people, they're, they're just not prepared for that. We don't give enough thought to that. And I think this is, again, this is what the Bible teaches. Let me read that scripture one more time, Psalm, and I want you to really dwell on it. Psalm 9, I'm going to read the first part. Teach us to number our days carefully. Have you numbered your days carefully? Truth is, one of, our, one of these days... Every single one of us names are going to be on that obituary column. It's going to be there. I hope it's not next week, but it's coming. One day, they're going to open that paper up and there's going to be my name and your name's going to be there. Probably not the same day, but we're going to be there. It's coming. You know what scares me? Is that people spend more time planning a one-week vacation to Myrtle Beach than they do where they're only going to spend, you know, a week and, and, and not give any thought or any preparation to where they're going to spend eternity for billions and billions and billions of years. Like, I'm going to spend all this time, okay, we're going to Myrtle Beach. 
All right, so on Friday night, we're going to the seafood buffet at that place over there. And then on Saturday, well, we'll go to the beach, but then we're going to go to the, we're going to go to the, over there to the, uh, to, you know, we're going to play putt-putt. And then we're going to do this. And we got all these plans for where we're going to spend this week in Myrtle Beach. And we've, oh, it's going to be great. And then we got eternity over here. We're going to spend forever. We're like, nah, I'll get to that later. I'm like, ah, whatever. And I bet God's going, oh, you guys are killing me, right? Why don't you think about this stuff? Because that's reality. Never take time for granted. So let me give you three challenges as we close today. All right? I'm going to kind of break these down based on those three things. All right, first of all, the challenge. And you, some of you are good in one area or the other, or maybe all three, but, but if, if there's an area you're not, maybe this will be a good challenge for you for, as we move in to 2022. And again, this is not about you trying to muster this up. This is allowing the Holy Spirit to give you the self-control to be able to handle these kind of thoughts, right? To do these things. All right. So let's talk, first of all, the rest. Are you getting enough rest? Are you taking time out of your week to set aside some time to rest, to relax? Are you getting enough sleep? Are you taking care of yourself correctly? All right. If not, this is where you need to just say, all right, I'm going to reset and I'm going to do this without apology, because that's the other thing. I'm not going to feel guilty about resting. I'm going to I'm going to change that mindset. I'm going to this is good for me. And if anybody says calls me on Saturday, what are you doing? Nothing. I'm not doing anything. You're not. No, it feels great. Some of you need to work on the rest area. How about second one? Relationships. How many of you maybe are thinking right now, you know what? I need, I need, I know that, you know, my, my, my kids or my grandkids got those soccer games and, oh, those are so boring. But it's not about that. It's, it, I'm not going for the sport to watch those five-year-olds who don't, they don't even know which way they're going, right? They, I watched my grandson kick a goal for the other team last year. It was like amazing. <laughs> Like, he was pumped. He's like, yeah, I scored. Yeah, you did, but the other team, dude, he didn't care. It's okay, because that's not what it's about, right? It's about relationship. So maybe taking the time, or, you know, I know those school programs, you're like, oh, it's oh, more school programs. How many times can they do this to me, right? But hey, go there for relationships. Some of you need to make some call. You need to make a call today. And then you need to tell somebody you love them. Somebody, and if you can drive there, drive there and tell them. Don't email or text them. Call them, see them, visit, because that's what relationships are about. If they're close enough to do it in person, do it in person. If not, make a call. Some of you need to do that. Some relationships, you need to reset and go, you know what? I'm going to make an apology to you. I have not given you proper time for our relationship. I've been busy doing other things. I'm making that right. Now, let me get to that third one. Some of you, when it comes to eternity, have never really even settled the issue. Some of you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, and you've been kind of in your mind thinking, well, I'll worry about eternity later. Uh, Do you know when the last day is going to come? Because if you do, you must have uh, more insight than the rest of us, because nobody does. But I will say this. Eternity is 
going to happen. And eternity is forever. And the Bible is clear about eternity. You will spend eternity in one of two places, heaven or hell. And that would be based on your decision of what you do with Jesus Christ. He came to this earth and he died on a cross for your sins and my sins. And he rose again on the third day so that we can have forgiveness and life, both here on earth and for eternity with him. Now, you, you will make that choice. And I'm going to give you an opportunity, if you haven't done that, to give your life to Christ. But some of us have already done that. And yet we still are, are, the Bible says we need to live as citizens of heaven. Like that's our destination. We've put our roots down so deep here that this has become really more than what God wants it to be. We're, 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 the Bible tells us we're, we're, we're citizens of heaven, but we're just passing through this earth for a temporary period of time. So my challenge there is to, is to say, guys, let's, let's really work on the spiritual side of our lives. Let's, let's store up treasures in heaven that cannot be destroyed, what the Bible says, and let's put a lot more emphasis on the eternal rather than the temporal things of life. Well, guys, this is going to be a phenomenal series. And then hopefully through the series, we're going to reset. But let's pray together and let's just give you time to deal with this because no better time than the beginning of a new year when everything is fresh, the, the, the slate is blank, and we have a lot of opportunity. So God, I thank you for another year. 2021 for a lot of people was a really rough time. There was a lot of struggles. There was a lot of pain, there were a lot of problems. There were some unexpected things that were tragic. For others, it was a great year. It was their best year ever. But life is life. And that just simply means that that's true for all of us at some point, good things and bad things happen. But we know this, that God, you have promised that for those who love you and follow you, that you take care of us, you provide and you guide through every step of our journey. So God, I pray as we head into 2022 that all of us would really reset our time and recognize that it's so, so important. It, it's such a beautiful resource that you've, give, you've gifted us with. And I pray for those who maybe have never really taken the time to rest, that they would do that guilt-free and that make it a priority in 2022. And then I pray for those who maybe relationally they've slipped a little bit. They've, they're kind of doing that cats in the cradle thing. And they're saying one day it's going to happen. And I'm praying that you show them that today is the day that relationships need to matter to them. And finally, God, I pray for all of us when it comes to eternity, for those who have accepted Christ and we know our place already is, is already set aside in heaven because of what Jesus did on the cross. And we've received him as our Lord and Savior. But remind us that we are citizens of heaven and we're just merely passing through this earth because it's a brief time. But God, now I pray for those who aren't sure about their eternity. They've, they don't know where they would spend eternity if today was their last day. But you told us that we can know that when we have a relationship with Jesus. So God, I pray for those who maybe today is their day. The day that they will receive Jesus, have their sins forgiven, have new life and have an abundant full life as well as eternal life in heaven. 
And if that's you and you're ready to receive Christ, commit your life to him, maybe just offer a prayer to him like this. Jesus today, right here, right now, in the beginning of 2022, I place my faith in you as my Lord and Savior. And I will follow you for the rest of my life. Thank you for the cross and what you did there to make this possible. Thank you that you rose again so that I can have life. I make you Lord and Savior of my life today. God, thank you for every person, for every family, for everything that's going to happen in 2022 as a church and as individuals. We offer it up to you in the name of Jesus. Amen.